Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Tuesday, and we're in the season of Ordinary Time. This is the 18th week after Pentecost. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Visit us with your salvation, and sustain us with your gracious spirit. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the living and abiding word of God. A reading from Exodus chapter 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female slave, ox, donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and the lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid, and they trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you, so that you do not sin. The word of the Lord. The Ten Commandments form the basis of the covenant that God makes with God's people. In these Ten Commandments, we learn to see God's vision for a world made whole and well in God's praise a world where we fear, love, and trust God above all things, and we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. His commandments show us how to do just that. They are simple, 
easy to remember, and at the same time very deep and difficult to obey, as Jesus' own teaching on the commandments will show us. By the Holy Spirit, St. Paul will also teach us that if we think that righteousness comes through simply the zealous and scrupulous keeping of these commandments, we will soon discover and despair that the commandments have a way of multiplying sin and have no power to cure it. And yet at the same time, when we are gathered in faith, through them God teaches us the way of Christ's own obedience, the way that the just live by their faith within the limits of this world, within the limits of these lifetime, these Ten Commandments teach us how to live with God and to live with one another in trust and in love. Because even before the commandments are spoken, we are reminded that it is God's gracious initiative, God's steadfast love towards us that comes near us, that has already saved us and gathered us together. The Lord declares, I am the God who brought you out of slavery in Egypt that we make no mistake that it is the Lord making this covenant with us, that it was the Lord who remembered the Lord's promise to Abraham, who heard the cries of the Israelites when they were enslaved and oppressed by the Egyptians, who called Moses and Aaron, who challenged and defeated Pharaoh and all the gods of Egypt. It is the Lord who saved them through the Red Sea and who now gathers them together here at this mountain to reveal who God is and to give them the terms of this agreement between God and God's people. And the first term of the agreement is the exclusive worship of the Lord. As Martin Luther summarizes the first commandment in our small catechism, we are to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. No other gods. In the pagan world, there are, of course, many gods. Exclusive service to one God and kind of world is risky. And at the same time, the denial of the power of all of these other gods was seen as a kind of atheism. It was also dangerous. In our world, the opposite is probably true. We live, by and large, in a world without any god, and so the exclusive service and confession of this one god also carries for us its own danger. But even though we live in a world where people would readily deny the existence of gods, there are still powers and forces at work in the world, in human life and its institution, that have power, that behave like gods. The power of money and markets, for example. It may be different for us to hear this first and foundational commandment, you shall have no other gods maybe different for us than it was for our ancestors, but the claim on our life, on our attention, and our devotion is just as radical. When God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as ourselves, there's a claim on our whole life that the God who raised Jesus from the dead and claimed you in the waters of baptism now jealously claims you as God's own child and commands you to fear, love, and trust in God above all things, having bound himself to us in grace and steadfast love. God now seeks our trust, love, and devotion in return. It is through the death of Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that we can respond in faith and in love for all that God has done, that we can begin 
to keep that first commandment, to fear, love, and trust in God in all things. And all the rest of the Ten Commandments hang on this one statement of God's grace and love, and that one commandment that binds us to God and God to us. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. In you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, and for the communion and fellowship of faith within your church. For who else, for what else are we grateful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else, for what else do we pray today? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill you with new life and abundant joy. 
and Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen.